0: Welcome to A State of Emergency. This is Peter Schorsch with my co-host, Jared Moskowitz. Good morning, Jared. How are you? Good morning, Peter. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I um, I got your direction last week. You said we've got to get some Republicans in here uh, because no one's going to continue to listen uh, to me, you, and um, Progress Florida basically uh, dog everybody. So I... Um, I I thought about getting somebody, you know, like kind of like some a quiet guy, like a wallflower, somebody that really didn't know how to punch back. Um, Someone, someone
1: still trying to develop how they feel.
0: Right, right. Because I, you know, I figured that way. Somebody that we could kind of dominate and just run over. Uh, Right, and and in the spirit of Rosh
1: Hashanah in the new year, you
0: invited who? Um, this has got such a. This podcast has become so. Jewey and I don't know how that's happened. I feel like we need to be sponsored by a a, a deli down in, in Boca Town the way we led each podcast with Jewish jokes. All right. So our guest this week is State Representative Randy Fine. Randy, how are you?
2: I'm doing great, guys. Good morning. And by the way, I think two on one makes it a fair fight. <laughs>
0: that's what she said. Um, okay, so um um Randy, you, I'm going to just lay this out here for everyone. You know, this is state of emergency. So we do talk more about coronavirus uh, and the pandemic than other political things. I think your position is very unique because um, you are one of the few people. uh, uh, You are, first of all, you're, I think, the only Republican Jewish member of the Florida legislature. Um, And in that kind of same contradictions of Getting to be unique, you're one of the very few people with any statewide profile who is completely 100%, hey, go get vaccinated. You yourself had a very public bout with coronavirus. But then on the other hand, um, as evidenced by your Facebook page, which is like should be filed under 4chan, um, you are virulently anti mask mandates in schools. Um, and so you kind of straddle both positions, uh, and so we wanted to get you on, kind of to, you know, get the alternate view to uh, Jared and I, who probably we're 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 with you on vaccinations, but we're we're again we disagree with you on uh, mass mandates. So start out and give us just try and keep it you know short. We've only got about twenty minutes here. What's the Randy Fine worldview on the pandemic?
2: Sure. Well, it's a big deal. And I've never been one to minimize it. I didn't minimize it before I got it. I certainly didn't minimize it after I had it. But I think my view is consistent. And neither of these things do I believe in a mandate. I believe people should get vaccinated, but I believe it should be a choice. It should be mandated in schools. But since we disagree on that, the reason is because I can read and I can do math and I can follow science. And the only science that has been done that is relevant which is science that looks at the tool and the users in a controlled environment was actually done by the CDC. And it found that masking children in schools had no statistical effect on the spread of COVID. By the way, the CDC did find that masking adults has a statistical effect on the reduction of COVID. Now, why would they find that adults it's effective and children it would not be guys. We all have kids, And have you seen what those masks look like when they come home from your children? Kids don't wear them right. They do all kinds of crazy things with them. And as a result, they just don't work. And so I don't think we should be punishing our children because of adults decisions not to get vaccinated.
1: So, so Randy, I think that's a, a, a perfect position. I think that makes total logical sense. What doesn't make sense to me is that, on kids under the age of 11 or 11 and under, under 12, in which they can't get vaccinated, the only tool in the toolbox for them is a mask. There's no other tool in the toolbox. Tools are limited to begin with. Uh, and, and so the issue I have with it is what we're telling parents in a pandemic in, with the rise of Delta, where while the death rate isn't changed, kids are getting Delta much more than they got at Alpha what we're telling parents is you can do nothing. There's nothing for you to do uh, because nothing works. And that's the message parents are receiving. And you know, this as a parent, I know this, no one wants to be told that, Hey, there's this terrible thing going on and there's nothing you can do. Do you think that that that's part of the issue is that people are not hearing the policy, which is, Hey, it's parents choice. What they're hearing is you can do nothing.
2: Well, but I don't agree with that. This is why I talked about these school boards being charlatans that they say they care about COVID, but they don't actually. So there's all this media right now about the fact that 13 people in the Miami Dade school system, 13 adults have died of COVID, I guess, since the school year began. And I saw a reporting this morning that said all of them are unvaccinated. Now I wouldn't agree with this because I don't believe in mandates, but why, didn't this, why, doesn't, why don't these school boards, if they care, if they say no one must die, we must prevent all disease, what's stopping them from mandating all of their employees be vaccinated? If they really believed in what they said, why aren't they doing that? If they really believed in what they said, why didn't they two months ago mandate all adults wear masks? The governor's never forbidden that. So I I just I don't think that I think what we have a lot of going on right now is virtue signaling that really isn't consistent with science or making an impact. Because, Jared, you know this. The reason the CDC told vaccinated people to start wearing masks again, it was not to protect the vaccinated. It was to protect unvaccinated adults. Children are being told to wear masks, not to protect children to protect unvaccinated adults. well, unvaccinated adults have the ability to protect themselves? It's called go get the vaccine.
1: Well, so for, I'm a little more cynical. I actually think the CDC told vaccinated people, you don't have to wear masks because at that time they made a political decision, which is to try to get more people vaccinated. If people heard out there, Hey, if I'm vaccinated, I don't have to wear a mask. They, you, they, they made a policy. To try to promote the vaccine it was a tremendous mistake because when the virus made a change uh, and we got delta they had to reverse that policy and was significantly embarrassing for them so i'm with you i think the cdc made a, a tremendous mistake there but, but jared,
2: Randy, I, jared, jared if you're vaccinated you don't have to wear a mask well you're but really that's but that's not but that's not true okay you're, so no, my, you're you're wearing a mask because catching covid catching covid if you're vaccinated is generally not a big deal you're wearing a mask if you're vaccinated because you can catch it because you can spread it and we're trying to protect the people who've chosen not to be vaccinated if you look at those little charts that we see why should we cater
1: but why should we cater to all these people who chose not to be vaccinated don't you have a problem with that like we're developing policy that's my point that, that's, that's, that's exactly- so then why are you against So then why are we against the mandate We have to hold on a second We're so against mandating vaccines We're so against it Which by the way We've been mandating vaccines for years It's why polio has been eradicated Nobody gets smallpox anymore Chickenpox is gone Okay uh, we, We've been mandating vaccines And in children by the way There hasn't been marches uh, in the street No one's been quoting the Federalist Papers But now all of a sudden Because it's become political Both sides by the way um, we're doing that. But if society now has to cater to people who chose not to get vaccinated, we got to make all
2: these policies. Why are we so against mandating the vaccine? But I, I don't think society should cater to those who haven't been vaccinated. See, I believe you should be free to make your own choice. I don't believe you should be free from the consequence of making that choice. So my view is actually very consistent. Uh, I'm the so are, one- are, are people free to make their own choice? I mean, one of the issues
1: that I, that I find interesting is republicans have always been the champion for small government um and i think covid in a lot of ways uh, you know it's been it's been republicans have been going away for this for a little bit but i think covid has accelerated this uh in which big government government in tallahassee is Preempting local governments from making decisions, telling businesses what they can and cannot do, weighing into school board policy, which is clear, clearly reserved in the Constitution. Do you see big government? Do you see a change because of COVID that uh, Tallahassee and not just here in Florida, other states uh, in which the capital
2: felt that they needed to get involved in local decisions? Well, I'm gonna bifurcate what you said. You talked about local government and you talked about business. I think they're very different. You know, that we are not the United Towns of Florida and we are not the United Counties of Florida. Conservatives are not small government. Conservatives are federalists. The state is the nexus of power. And so in the same way we believe the federal government should be controlled, we believe these local jurisdictions that we created need need to be supervised as well. That's very different from business. And look, I'm the only Republican who said that if a private, I have the right to decide whether or not I get the vaccine, but I should also have the right to decide who can come into my house and who can come into my business. I didn't vote for that bill. And for some of the reasons that you share right there. I mean, I believe that look, if I, if I operate a restaurant or a bar, if I operate a bar and I only want people to come into my bar who are vaccinated, it's my bar. I should be in that. So can I just, so, can I just jump in and say, can you imagine Randy
0: Finds Bar, you come would, in and try to order a drink. Fun. You you try and order a drink, like, hey, can I get a dirty martini with blue cheese stuffed olives? And he's like, Why the hell do you want a blue cheese stuffed olives with your martini? You're wrong.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, I used to be involved in bars when I was in the casino business, but um, but you know, I mean, well, I I think that businesses should be able to operate themselves. And I was a little bit alone on that one. So So do you think
1: do you think with, you know? Cases up 300%, you know, the new variant mu, which we don't have a lot of data on and we shouldn't get hysterical on until they do. But early indications in lab tests show that it may be able to get around vaccines and may be able to get around monoclonal antibody treatments. And Israel, one of the most vaccinated countries, mm-hmm. having, you know, a major surge, uh, which is obviously problematic. Um, do you think people who wanted to turn the page or are trying to
2: turn the page on the pandemic are a little premature? Look, I think I think this is going to be with us forever, you know. And I think, frankly, what we have to do is we have to learn how to live with it. And I think the way that we live with it is you get vaccinated. And like the flu shot that you get every year, you're going to have to get this every year. And and I think that's that's sort of the simple way to do it. The solution is simple. Get vaccinated. And and I think that's what people need to do. And I've been consistent about it. I don't think they should be forced to do it, but I think people should do it because the all of the data suggests it's a good idea. I'm amazed right. how people want to argue about it. Hold on. I want to ask uh, one more question, try, Peter.
1: Hold- I want to ask one more question, and then it's all it's all you. I, I mean, Randy, he, here's here's something that i feel like we can't talk about because it comes with some sort of negative connotation you you graduated harvard you're you're very well educated Uh, it it doesn't get any better than that okay Um, not everyone went to harvard not everyone went to college and with what's going on on the internet uh and what's going on in political circles Uh, There's been so much manipulation on what's true and not true, Uh, and vaccination rates are not going to increase. Delta has proven that. We've seen a a nice little spike uh, when Delta first started, but now it's flattened uh, again. I mean, don't you think that at some point in time, if we want to make COVID more like polio, make COVID more like smallpox, yes, it's a coronavirus. It, it, it'll always ebb and flow. But don't you think at some point in time there needs to be some more mandates on vaccinations, even if it's not mandated countrywide, don't we think like where if you know if we want to be able to go to an indoor concert and the movie theater uh, and schools, I mean, don't we think at some point in time we got to we got to increase some sort of policy? Uh, We don't like to force things on people, but we've given people individual responsibility. And let's be clear, individual responsibility has failed. And that's why we're seeing a rise in
2: Delta. Well, I would again push back. I saw an article a few weeks ago that said the single largest educated group with the lowest vaccination rates was PhDs. So just because you're more educated doesn't mean that you're actually You've never considered PhDs doctors, let's be clear. But no 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 and they're not doctors. I'm saying PhDs, they're educated folks. So just because you're it it seems like the people who are that have the most education are getting vaccinated the, the lowest. Look, it's it's why I believe that if if business owners were allowed to decide who could enter their business and who could not, then I would decide that would increase my likelihood to get vaccinated. Look, right now, if you want to go on a Disney cruise, you have to be vaccinated. I that's do. What, that that I, I do too. That is an incentive. That is an incentive for people to get vaccinated. And so, I I mean, I don't I believe people should have a choice about whether to get vaccinated, but I don't believe people should be immune from the consequences of their choice. And if there are consequences for your choice, then people will generally, I think, make the right decision. Unfortunately, there are a lot of people who don't want to mandate it and they don't want people to have any consequences for their choice. And I don't agree with that.
0: I, th- I want to go to um, go back a question you talk about the vaccinations and I think number one I think it is a I don't think that I don't agree with Jared that we're not going to increase the vaccination rate in fact I think I saw I think it was the New York Times today was saying you know we can get to 80 percent here and if you look at the amount of people that um, you know that we are still adding hundreds of thousands of people each day to the newly vaccinated a list. Um, I think that there is a lot more that we can do there in terms of outreach. I think we've gone, I think we've, we've almost stopped all of the PSAs. I don't think that the ones that we were using were incredibly intelligent. I do think we can use more stick, especially in places like Florida where no, you cannot go to on a cruise. You cannot go to a mass, um, a mass event like a concert unless you're vaccinated. I think it would get people to get there. But I will say and I, I, I'll allow Randy to defend here. I think politicians like Ron DeSantis are undercutting um, the vaccination argument right now. In the last 20, or in the last two appearances by the governor, he's made a false claim that breakthrough cases uh, are not rare. Uh, he said that on uh, Tuesday. They are rare. They're somewhere between 1 in 5,000 and 1 in 10,000. Uh, especially, they become even more rare in the more vaccinated Uh, your community is. So if this, if Florida had a higher vaccination rate, we would have even fewer breakthrough cases. Um, And then I thought, and I thought this was a dangerous statement. And I know Randy, you don't wanna break from the governor too hard, but his argument that the vaccine is a personal choice and it has nothing to do with anyone. I can go and find the quote, but where he said the comments that he made last week, um, basically saying that me being vaccinated has nothing to do and does not impact other people. Um, the Washington Post came out with a very strong editorial against that about the fallacy of Ron DeSantis' selfish argument. I think he's undercutting the vaccination uh, argument just at the point where, listen, if we push the boulder a little bit more, you know, oh, you know, I, I think about, I think about the police officer. I think it was in Lakeland, and then I think it was in St. Petersburg. Uh, the police officer in, or the sheriff deputy in Polk County or Lakeland. The um, unvaccinated dies, his wife hosts a pop-up vaccination uh, tent, and they get 94 people vaccinated. I think you have to do house-by-house, almost person-by-person outreach like that right now. Randy, I'll ask you.
2: Look, I don't I agree that- that- I don't agree that the governor's undercutting it at all. I mean, in every appearance he does, he talks about the importance of vaccination to keep people out of the hospital and keep people from getting severely ill. He does it in every single appearance. And look, I agree with what he said. People can say the breakthrough cases are rare. It's baloney. We all know tons of people tons. I know so many people who have been vaccinated who have gotten COVID. I'm amazed. Every day I'm hearing about three or four or five people who've actually been vaccinated. So I don't buy it myself. That doesn't mean I don't think people should be vaccinated. See, the public health experts screwed the public when they made it sound like if you got the vaccine, you wouldn't get COVID because people are. What we need to focus on is if you get the vaccine, your odds of going to the hospital and your odds of dying are very low. We don't live our lives to avoid getting sick. We all get sick all the time. The whole focus of this has been to keep the healthcare system from being overwhelmed. And the fact of the matter is, if the only people in hospitals in Florida right now were vaccinated people with COVID, we wouldn't be talking about COVID because the numbers would be so small. But as it relates to the vaccine and the governor's comments on that, I think he was just saying what I said to you before. I don't believe it is the responsibility of the vaccinated to protect the unvaccinated. You are free to make your own choice, but then you have to live with the consequences of that choice. I got vaccinated. I am protected. If you want to get vaccinated, get vaccinated too. If you choose not to get vaccinated and you get COVID, that was your choice. I'm not trying to shame anybody, but they made the choice. And I think that's the governor's point. It's not the vaccinated's responsibility to protect the unvaccinated.
1: But to your point, there are no consequences. And in fact, government has stepped in and prevented consequences i understand you voted against it but but i find that the argument your your argument makes total sense to me which is look we won't mandate it but society will choose you know, how they want to interact with vaccinated or unvaccinated people. But now we've prevented society from doing it. Disney has gone out and said, no, no, if you're going to go on our cruises, you're going to have to be vaccinated in violation of, of the policy. We'll have to figure out, uh, you know, what that looks like for them. I think there's some fines that may be imposed. We'll have to see where that all goes. But, but do you think that if if we had a society that said look if you want to do these big things you want to be in group gatherings you have to be vaccinated you think that that would get the vaccination rates up
2: um i don't think the government should get involved in in what private enterprise does i think the government should not allow government to decide who can access government services but um, if you want to go to New York, and I think you may talk about this in a little bit, and you want to go to a Broadway show, you're going to have to show that you're vaccinated. I want to take my kids to Israel at Christmas break. They're going to have to be vaccinated. So irrespective of the decisions that are made in Florida there are going to be decisions made outside of Florida. Part of the reason the cruise industry is going through what it's going through right now is we can pass whatever laws we want as it relates to the cruise industry. But when the, when the Bahamas said, you can't stop your ship here, if everyone doesn't show proof of vaccination, we have to react to that. So there will be maybe not in Florida, but there will be outside of Florida restrictions that are placed on people. If they're not, if they're not vaccinated. And by the way, there are restrictions right now under the governor's plan. For for um, quarantines in schools, vaccinated children are less likely to be quarantined than unvaccinated children. That is an incentive if you're 12 and up to get vaccinated. Every kid who's being quarantined in our schools today, who's in middle school and high school pretty much, has parents who's chosen who've chosen not to get their child vaccinated. Those kids are being kept home as a result. So there are consequences even right now in Florida.
1: What do we do with the vaccines that are mandated? on kids to attend school like meningitis and chicken pox do, do we reverse course on that to make the
2: policy the same but you know as we know there are medical exemptions to that and there are lots of people who don't get those vaccinated anymore don't, don't take those vaccines anymore
1: all oh, those medical exemptions are, are limited and yes there's religious and medical exemptions and there should always be religious and medical exemptions there's no doubt that if medicine is going to make you sick because of an issue, you should not take it. Or if there is a religious belief, uh, there should
2: always be those exemptions. Um, I but- guess, Jared, my view is colored by the fact that, that you know the data shows that children getting COVID, yes, a lot more are catching it, but they generally aren't getting severely ill and dying. And I, I hate comparing COVID to the flu because I've never been one of those people who says it's just the flu. Because it's not true. It's not, but but it is just the flu for kids. It's even. Oh, less- and, and, and listen, you know? there's
1: you're a hundred percent correct on that, and no one is disputing that. But look, you are a perfect person to talk to about this, because one, you're a parent, and two, you got COVID. And my kids like, got
2: COVID. My right, kids, both kid, yeah. my children got COVID. And by the way, for them, it was nothing. Literally, in the three weeks that we were bogged down with this at home. My kids each were sick for like two days. But there are kids getting but there are kids getting much sicker than that. And there are kids who get the flu who get much sicker. And part of the concerns that conservatives have is under this argument advanced by the left that no child can catch a disease. I've actually had people comment on my crazy Facebook page that, you know what? Well, let's be clear. You Facebook more than Bob Ross painted. Uh, well, but, you know what? I found it to be. Look, I, I like to write. I do it all myself, and and it is what it is. But, you like to but, argue. You like, uh, to, I argue like to argue more than you but, like to write. You know, uh, but but what I what 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 people are worried about is this argument of no child can get sick. They're going to mandate masks just to, to lower the flu. And and by the way, under the argument put forth by many of these school boards, they will continue mask mandates forever because there are kids who get sick and who die from the flu. Therefore, you know what? Wearing masks will reduce incidence of the flu. We should continue to do that. We have to balance things out. Life is not risk free. And so we have to, people have to stop worrying about fear and they have to start worrying about facts. And look, if you look at what happened in Florida, the who cares how we spoke about it, the governor and you, Jared, did the right thing. You focused on making sure the most vulnerable people were protected. And to all of these people freaking out about children, the fact is is that more children will die of the flu than will die of COVID, but we're not freaking out about the flu. We have to stop the panic. And what we have to do is focus on the fact that the crisis in COVID, it is a pandemic, and I hate to quote Joe Biden on anything, but the quote of it is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. That is true, and people need to focus on that. Get your shot. You know, and if you do get your shot, live your life. And I, uh, I want to ask both of you guys,
0: um, is the uh, like kind of a meta question here, is, is the ferocity of the debate on Randy's Facebook page at school board meetings in, in on social media, is that a Florida phenomenon more so than other places? I was looking at a stat last night that showed, you know, if you look at blue states, if you look at Canada, the vaccination rates and the the vaccination rates and the death rates are much more like the now more successful rates of uh, of Western Europe, of Germany, of Norway, etc. Um, and I feel like in Florida, um, and this may speak to both of your all's history as lawmakers, you know, you just have you have a really competitive division here in football. You've got strong Democrats, Jared Moskowitz, other folks out of South Florida, etc. A, a pretty A pretty voracious media which has got a liberal bias admittedly but then you've got a republican controlled state government is the is the ferocity itself due to just how competitive and polarized florida is
2: no no i think the fighting over over say mask mandates i think that's organic i mean i think they're like these are parents on both sides by the way you have the parents driven by fear and irrationality, which we can talk about, then you've got the parents who are upset about their kids wearing masks for a lot of different reasons. And so, no, I don't think it's politicians driving it. I think it's organic belief of parents on both sides of the issue. I don't think it has anything to do with politicians.
1: Yeah, well, first of all, I mean, I, I try to live by a general rule that I never look to Europe for leadership. Uh, <laughs> uh, and Randy understands what I mean by that. Uh, but, but here's what I would say. I, look, I've always tried to call balls and strikes uh, at, in politics. When, when I think the Republicans were wrong, I would say so. When I think my side was wrong, I would say so, which is a, a dying art in politics now. You have to be 100 percenter all the time. Um, but I, I just think there is uh, there's, there's so much hypocrisy going on with COVID. I mean, the idea that if the Democrats were in control of Tallahassee, that Walton County and Okaloosa County and Dixie County and Taylor County would be okay with Tallahassee telling those local governments what they can and cannot do in their schools is just total baloney. Uh, And the idea that uh, we would want leadership from Tallahassee uh, is also total baloney. Look, the governor had it right in it, when we had the policy of Dade County is not Escambia County. Broward County is not Polk County, not Dixie County. It's not Gilcrest, right? It's not Union, it's not Bradford. And we should have different policies because we know the virus acts differently in different communities. And that was the right policy, no question about it. And it worked. You went to the panhandle, it was different than it was in in South Florida. So this idea that we have to have one unified voice coming from the state uh, on how to treat COVID, that just ignores... Uh, it, 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 it ignored what we did for a year and a half, and it ignores the science on how the virus interacts in, in, in different communities. So I just think there's so much hypocrisy going on. You know, Joe Biden gets hit all day for big government. He's going to knock on your door and give you the vaccine. Big government. Listen, Republicans across the nation have abandoned the idea of small government, when they see something they don't like happening in a, in a community, they bring government in as the answer and and outlaw the ability for that local government to do so. Uh, and so um, it's it, it just it's a weird time, Peter, in, in our politics. Uh, everything is partisan. Everything is political uh, and it's not healthy. Uh, I, I look at Democrats and Republicans in the state. I see Republicans. Uh, picking up the Donald Trump mantra now where where they're trying to appeal to the lowest common denominator. And I see Democrats who have been out of power for 25 years, not trying to figure out how to get more voters and get power back, but trying to get Twitter famous. And it's only about scoring points on Twitter. And it's not about, you know, trying to lead the state and, and, and take policy back over.
0: So it's a it's an interesting time to be alive. I am going to let uh, Randy Fine have not the last word. This turned into a very good debate. I wish we could have. I have a softball uh, question for for Representative Fine. You want to? Yeah, let's give him a nice softball question to uh, usher him out the door. Uh, Randy,
1: give me three things you hate about Florida universities.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, uh, wow. Well, um, but this is the question that that's not a softball. <laughs> You know that could that could fine. Me- hold on, I'll, I'll
1: reverse it. Say three. Say three nice things
2: about right. Florida universities. All right. Well, there that, that's easier. Um, they're the number one rated system in in, in the country. Um, they're pretty good at football. Um, and you know they offer they people want to come from all over the country to go to our universities. Look, our universities definitely have problems. Don't get me wrong. We've seen conservatives get targeted. We've seen real anti semitism um, in some of them. And so there are there are clear issues. Uh, but um, I think overall, you know, we're very lucky to have the universities that we do. Even you I'm said. happy you brought up the
1: anti semitism issue because that, that there's no question. That for some reason that doesn't get the publicity uh, that other uh, issues get that we see on
2: campuses. Well, we can talk about that another time, but it's it's because it's because the story of our people, Jared, belies the, the dominant narrative of the left. And so, you know, that the, that if you have problems, the government must save you. And the story of the Jewish people proves that that's never been the case. And I think that's a big part of the reason why it gets shunted aside. So, but that's a, that's a topic for another time. That
0: is a topic for the next Randy fine. Apparently. No, just read his Facebook
2: page. It's on there every day.
0: Well, we will hopefully get it. You're going to get me, you're going to get me uh, some
2: new followers.
0: During oh, uh, you don't want our followers during committee week um, and then legislative session. Um, there is zero doubt in my mind that Randy will say something incredibly incendiary. And Randy and I have this relationship where I'll, I'll I'll say something to him like, "Did you really say this?" And then I get the phone call. and Then we go back and forth. It is a, it's it's a, it's a little game we play every uh, about every six weeks. Um, Representative Fine, thank you so much for coming on. Best to your family. We're going to take a, a break now and get a word from our sponsor. Following is a paid political advertisement paid for by Florida Education Champions. Online sports betting, it's legal and it's coming to Florida. With passage of our amendment next year, any tax revenues collected are required to supplement the Florida Educational Enhancement Trust Fund. Hundreds of millions of dollars in new revenue for students and teachers, with more choices and competition for Florida consumers. Be a champion today. Learn more and request your petition at FloridaEducationChampions.com. Okay, let's, uh, let's get back at it. It's just Jared and I now. Uh, that's kind of where we thought that segment was going to go, right, Jared?
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, I I understand you know Randy's position. It's not tried. It's not about gotcha questions. We're not trying to you know make you know try to get somebody in some quagmire. But but let's be honest, right? I mean, there's no Plus, doubt eight, that, seven, that seven, seven, being put out there is you don't have to get vaccinated, and and they're not made to they're not made to feel uncomfortable not getting vaccinated. And the responsible people that went out and got vaccinated are being punished, uh, and that's what's going on. And and the idea that anxious parents who don't want their kids sick or don't want their kids out for, for 10 days. Uh, The idea that, you know, they have been shunned into wearing masks. I understand the policy is parent choice, but people have received, the messaging that masks don't work which is not accurate this idea that it's definitive evidence first of all the study that's being cited found that it was 35 plus percent effective that came up in the in the case uh the other day the judge highlighted that issue by the way Uh, and, and so this idea that this this is settled and it's clear it's not clear and parents are anxious It's a natural thought process when you have kids to be anxious about your kids. And oh, by the way, if you're looking about the amount of people that are opting out of the mask mandate statewide, it is very low. The majority are opting in. And that's good parent choice, but it's also good data to show where people really are in the issue.
0: I think um, one thing that the governor has done has and i've said this again and again he is backfilled bad decision making by the unvaccinated and you know you you heard him say this kind of last week when he talked about you know people um you know we're not going to have two classes of citizens um which you know is insulting to the people who have done the responsible thing because nothing the unvaccinated have done has been the responsible choice here um and the governor went so far as of tuesday to ask, question the nfl about whether uh COVID positive players um should be um, held out or you know basically the team should be penalized or anything like that to which i say again from the small government perspective what the hell is ron DeSantis doing trying to tell the nfl um you know what it how it should operate and you know if he thinks that it's not an impact you know i'm a utah jazz fan the first person to get covid was rudy gobert uh it did knock him out if you talk if you listen to rudy gobert he will tell you he is still feeling the impacts of of coronavirus and he got it he contracted it in march 2020 he was the one who you know the game had to be canceled and really kind of started the dominoes in you know that was the night tom hanks announced that he had it the nhl the next day canceled etc um i just i'm surprised that the governor went that far. Yeah. I mean, Peter, listen, this
1: this is a national phenomenon. It's been happening before COVID. COVID has clearly accelerated. Nobody can tell me the Trump administration, the four years of that was about small government was about, you know, protecting the budget and deficits and and debt and all of that stuff. It was spending out the wazoo. uh, and, And it just appears that, you know, the the Joe Scarborough small government politics uh, are, are 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 just gone in the Republican Party. And no one no one now can claim that they're not for small government. They're for government interfering in your lives uh, in in many ways that they want. They once opposed. I want to I actually want to turn the, the topic away from covid onto something else. You know, Texas was very much in the news last week. There's a lot of discussion uh, that, you know, Florida could, could be next and looking at looking at, you know, doing some sort of Texas style uh, abortion bill. I, I don't want to focus on that too much. I want to focus on the politics of it, which I find fascinating. There used to be this unwritten law that in an election year session didn't have red meat that session was about roses and butterflies as you were going into an election if this issue is injected into this session it will divide the legislature in ways that i don't think we've seen maybe since terry Shivo, quite frankly uh and, and will lead into the election and will have potentially effects on who turns out and and who wind up wins the election what are your thoughts on all that
0: you know i think it's um it, it, just when the Republicans really had Biden, National Democrats, um, I mean, they've always had Florida Democrats, but they had uh, just the Democratic Party in, in, up against the wall. I mean, Biden's approval rating is at its lowest point ever. Um, and the Afghanistan crisis was, it, it dominated the news and was really going to, I think, sink, you know, it, it had the possibility of sinking the Biden presidency um along comes you know the the texas legislature um i think it's so strikingly ironic that the you, that the mexico supreme court decriminalized abortion uh one week after texas basically made it illegal um and now you know you have a the real the reality that it's 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 more likely that you can get a it's easier to get an abortion in catholic mexico than it is in, in the free state of Texas. Um, I do think that, I think that the applications of it in Florida are, are limited. I think that the Republicans still do have domination here. But I will say, I think you will get some candidates that come out of the woodwork. And I, I know that there is a, a major candidate in your neck of the woods that is gonna jump into a state Senate race, I think. And I think part of their thinking was this uh, case. I think that there is another candidate here in uh, Pinellas County that's looking at the state Senate seat. Um, I think it, I I talked with Anna Eskamani about this yesterday on my Hunkering Down podcast. Um, Women don't want to say that, nobody wants to say that they're for abortion. And there's a lot of women, one in four women have had an abortion. It's not something that they want to talk about. But it is something when you're in a ballot box by yourself that you can remember. Um, and somebody that encroaches that I think will be penalized. Again, I don't know how much application it will have in Florida, but I will say look for Gavin Newsom to have a big win in California next Tuesday um, because he's basically making the argument, look what Republicans would do if they were in command of California. Um, And I think that that you're going to have a big win. I think it's going to impact the Virginia gubernatorial race. I think that Terry McAuliffe is probably now safe. Um, I don't know where it goes. I'm surprised DeSantis' people, Stephanie Kapalusis Koppel- and the legislative affairs people did not run down and tackle Wilton Simpson and Chris rolls and say, please do not bring this up during the election year. Uh, yes, you're gonna get the base out, but you're also going to energize moderate Democratic female voters um, in, a, in a re-election year in a time when Ron DeSantis has dropped at least a dozen points in almost every poll that we have seen. He's still ahead in most of them, but it is a competitive race now. And I don't think people were expecting a competitive race coming out of Labor Day. I know a lot of people were thinking, hey, let's get to the end of the year and see where Chris and Fried are at, maybe today. But now, I mean, you we do have a competitive gubernatorial race, despite all the monetary advantages DeSantis has, et cetera. So... It is, you ask me what the politics are, it is dropping a, a, a bowling ball in the bathtub, um, what one state's uh, legislature has done, probably for throughout the country. So I agree with that, and
1: and in politics these days, uh, there's this kind of similar into the media. There's just this copycat thing that happens where one legislature does it, and then another legislature has to one up that legislature, or one governor does something, and another governor has to one up them because everyone's jockeying for the next election, and they want to use it, you know. But I think the politics of this are fascinating, uh, mainly because you have look, we have some very smart political people. Uh, in power in in Tallahassee. And I just can't believe that they actually think that this is helpful uh, politically. I, I think this is a total gift to the Democrats. However, the Democrats also have to not overplay their hand, uh, which we're very capable of doing all of the time. And, and I tweeted something out the other day and I, I, I mean it to be true. And that's look, the Democrats cannot stop the bill. They can't stop it if they want to if republicans in the legislature in florida want to advance the bill the democrats can't stop it they don't have the numbers but what they can do is they can mitigate the damage they can work use the relationships they have democrats and republicans still have relationships there are friends use those relationships to try to not get a texas style bill Uh, and to and to mitigate what eventually might wind up on the governor's desk my fear is, is what will happen is what will ha- is what happened with the Marjorie Stillman Douglas bill, which is uh, people don't want to put in the work. They don't want to try to make policy. What they want to do is they want to focus on the next election. And we may get a worse bill because there may be folks, there may be Democrats out there that want the bill to be terrible so that we can use it in the election. Um, and, and that's just not that's just not going to be good for women here in Florida. Uh, It'll be a disastrous policy. Now we have right to privacy in our state constitution. Maybe we have a little more protection than Texas did, although it's unclear how how the new Supreme Court would view it. Um, But I think there's actually some division in Tallahassee leadership on what kind of bill they want. Um, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in in those conversations. Uh,
0: I think that, I think you're right and I think this led us like look at what the um look what happened just this uh this week uh as first reported by uh Florida Politics the uh Realtors ballot initiative is being scrapped that's not going to be on the 2022 ballot and it's because of the pressure put on them by legislative leadership most notably Kathleen Pasadoma, who had said hey I've been working with uh the Realtors on affordable housing issues this is upsetting to me. I'm taking this personally. This legislature is smart. Wilton Simpson is very smart uh, about about, not setting himself on fire. Uh, And now that he is running for statewide office, listen, I don't think that there's a few locks in Florida politics, uh, but I will say Wilton Simpson to be the next agriculture commissioner is probably an 80 to 90% lock. Um, I mean, I don't, I just don't even know who the Democrats even if Nikki Fried had ran, run for re-election, I don't know that he, In fact, I will say part of Nikki's decision making is it was probably easier to go up against Ron DeSantis for governor than it would be Wilton Simpson for. Well, that Patrick was one Houlter. of the that
1: was one of the secrets in Tallahassee is that this has been discussed for a long period of time, and it was going to be a tough reelect against a Wilton Simpson, and so that was part of the calculation. I mean, let's be honest, right? That's been part of the discussion that's been going on for a year now. Uh, No, Wilton uh, is going to be a formidable uh, opponent. Uh, He will be probably uh, the best funded ag commissioner, maybe since Adam Putnam, maybe even more so uh, than 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 Adam Putnam. Uh, And and quite frankly, uh, even if he does win and even if a lot of Democrats don't vote for him, he probably will wind up being a pretty good ag commissioner
0: yeah i i mean you just trust him to do uh, one of the things that's that's not forgotten by me because i do have a lot of friends our best friends are uh are, are raised cattle um believe it or not i i really get out into the ag community part of it's the horse you know the the horse showing that ella does you know we were at this weekend at the florida state fairgrounds and so you're kind of bumping up a lot of up against a lot of folks in um you know in that community and it's that, you know, after tourism, agriculture is Florida's biggest industry, but it's never put on that same stature that, you know, that Disney and Universal and the beaches are. It's, you know, it's thought of kind of uh, afterwards. And I think that Wilton Simpson has the chance maybe to elevate agriculture's standing uh, amongst policymakers in Florida. Um, going back, you know, because we got, this is actually probably going to be, a surprise Jared, this will be our longest podcast um i mean we we say it every time i wanted to i I just want to let you fillet me on this one we are going to go to hamilton next tuesday uh, um and we're gonna not hamilton in jacksonville where it's debuting in september but we're going to broadway it's the reopening of broadway first night broadway is uh hamilton is playing we're hoping to catch a glimpse of lin-manuel miranda who uh we know is going to be in the building that night My question to you, this is not my ask me anything. You will not be seated anywhere near Lin-Manuel Miranda. (laughs) Are are we crazy to go to New York to get on a plane and go to New York right now in your professional, you know, former FDM uh, position?
1: Yeah. I mean, look, uh, I'm split on that because part of me, you know, right now is avoiding airports. Uh, the planes are actually pretty safe, right? The air, 50% of it goes through a HEPA filter, 50% comes from outside. So planes have been pretty good. The airports of are, are, are what has been more of a mess. Uh, but, you know, at the other part of it is that, and I've known this for a long time, uh, you know, we've not talked about it because we, everyone just wants to get to the end of the pandemic. But we are going to live with this for a, for a while, if not ever. Um, You know, we're not going to be 20 percent of the population having covid right where we're in the spike right now. Uh, And we are starting to come down ever so slowly. So I'm I'm split on that. But I think, Peter, look, the idea is you're going to you're going to do it the right way. You're going to be in N95 masks. You're going to be in face shields. You're vaccinated. Right. You're going to go do it the right way. And you've mitigated your risk and you've not only mitigated your risk. You're also mitigating the risk to others, right? Because if God forbid anyone in your family has COVID by you wearing the correct PPE, you're, try- you're trying to prevent them from getting it as well. And so, you know, I, I-, I think, you know, for the folks out there who want to go live their life, who have to travel for business, who who can't just, you know, put themselves in a cocoon and ride the wave out. You know, doing it the right way and mitigating your risk, creating that separation. I mean, that that's the right way to to continue to get through uh, the what we're all going through now with with the rise of Delta.
0: All right, uh, let's wrap it up with uh, some ask me anything. I'm going to give you a political one. We've talked so much about uh, Nikki and Charlie getting into the race. Um, do you think Annette Tadeo should enter the 2022? Florida gubernatorial race?
1: Well, I mean, look, as a Democrat who obviously wants to make gains in the legislature, um, Annette Tadeo has been a great senator. uh, And if she vacates that Senate seat, I'm worried about holding on to that Senate seat. Uh, It's not that there aren't great candidates out there that are thinking about it, but we're getting going into redistricting year. uh, And that could we could lose a Senate seat uh, over that. And I've always I've always I've always looked at that issue because it's happened in the U.S. Senate, too, uh, where people leaving could cost us uh, a, a seat or two, which on these very important votes, uh, you know, are, are the huge difference. Annette Tadeo was a difference maker on removing Sheriff Israel, which uh, I was in favor of. She was a huge difference maker uh, on, on that. Uh, and her being there, in my opinion, actually was one of what swayed the vote. Uh, in the way of removing in removing Sheriff Israel. Um, On the other hand, she brings a very interesting perspective to the race. I mean, Donald Trump won Dade County in numbers that I don't think anyone predicted but Susie Wiles. Uh, And uh, that should scare Democrats. If we want to be able to win statewide here, whether it's U.S. Senate or governor, we gotta perform better in Dade County. And I think that's gonna be uh, uh, Senator Tadeo's argument, uh, is that she can appeal to a broad range of voters. Now, do I think she's behind Charlie and Nikki? Do I think fundraising is gonna be a challenge? Absolutely, she's behind and fundraising is gonna be a huge challenge. So the question is, is does she become a real candidate or does she become a spoiler? Um, Either way, here's the winner three Democrats running against each other in what will be a primary that they're going to have to raise money for and will probably get bitter.
0: The winner of that's Ron DeSantis, period. That's true. I'm um, I, I like. i I'm going to be frank. I didn't really like Annette Tadeo as a Charlie Crist lieutenant governor candidate. I thought he should have picked uh, Dan Gelber. I was pretty outspoken with that about the governor. I think that that would have, I think a, a couple of small things like Gelber instead of Tadeo, Charlie going to Jacksonville and him not being married to Carol Christ, um, uh, would have made him governor in 2014. Uh, well, maybe just him not being married to Carol Christ would have made him governor in 2014. Um, but I've come to really like Annette Tadeo. um, I think that she is like you say with the parkland stuff, she was, she's a very good lawmaker and a great community leader. Um, it's, she's somebody that we need in the process. Um, both in Tallahassee and locally, and so like everybody's like, "Oh, you're rooting for her to get into the race because you want her to split the female vote with Charlie," and I'm like, "That's just so simple. I don't think I don't think people think that way. Uh, voters think that way, but the reality is, I just I would like to see her contribute to the to the discourse of the of the campaign. I'd love for her to run and then maybe like I don't know, drop back uh, like when qualifying." Opens and reclaim her Senate seat or something like that because I do think she will elevate um, the debate for um, the Democratic primary. I think, you know, I think strong primaries make strong candidates, um, and so I'd like to see her in there. Jared, you haven't asked me anything, or are you? Uh, I do. You- I, I, I do. Okay.
1: What? What the hell is President Trump and Donald Trump do, Jr. doing? in they, they, they've just decided that they're going to, you know, simulcast the Holyfield boxing match and announce it. That's the first question. The second part of that question is, do you get new signals that Donald Trump is going to run for president again? And, you know, how do you think the field, not not voters, but how do you think the field of potential uh, presidential candidates really feel about that?
0: So the thing about uh, Trump um, calling the boxing match with Holyfield, number one, that's just a that's a terrible boxing match. You know, it's sad. It's, as a boxing aficionado, it's just sad that um, you've got, you know, YouTubers and Instagrammers boxing former champions, um, you know, and that really MMA has just, you know, totally supplanted, Uh, the sweet science. That would be my number one. Number two, um, it really speaks to Trump's irrelevance on a cultural and day-to-day level um, that he is, that he's doing kind of this uh, carnival barking stuff that, you know, I don't know that he would have done this 15 years ago. Um, You know, this is very host of Miss USA uh, of him. And, and I'm not saying that attention isn't good for him. I get that. But he's just so yearning to break through. And he is just so limited now um, that, you know, he really can't he, he can't make any appearances really on any of the big TV stations. Um, you know, he's not on Facebook. He's not on Twitter. Um, I'm not saying he's muzzled because clearly his people listen to him. Clearly um, Getter and some of these other crappy uh, social media platforms, uh, Rumble, uh, you know, people that just want to talk about politics all day instead of look at cute pictures of, of kids and, and talk about holidays, uh, which is what social media is supposed to be about. Um, it's really, it's, it's almost emasculating that this is what a former president, um, is stuck with. But as for the field, you know, I'll just put it in the terms of visa V Ron DeSantis" cause the, there's three, there's three, uh, elements to the field. There's Donald Trump, there's Ron DeSantis, and then there's the, the field. There's everybody else. Nikki Haley, Ted Cruz. Um, I guess I'm not supposed to sleep on Mike Pence, but there's Mike Pence as well. Those are all in one category. Those, none of those people emerge if the first two do emerge. I think it's very interesting um, how DeSantis now is backtracking off of, oh, I'm not, I was never going to run for president, et cetera, when he has basically set up a, a presidential campaign in waiting, basically, through Casey DeSantis, um, you know, that they are, you know, the whole operation is geared towards 2024. And, you know, as he has fallen in the poll numbers, it's so interesting. um, And it's got to be frustrating. As Joe Biden has fallen, Ron DeSantis has fallen also. He has not become a more popular figure. The person that's emerged is Donald Trump. He is in a stronger position vis-a-vis Biden and DeSantis than he was two months ago. Um, and so it's so interesting to me that DeSantis is trying to walk some of that back. It really speaks to, you know, um, I, I think it's disingenuous, but it speaks to the weaker political position that he's in, that Trump would squash him if he dares go to Iowa or New Hampshire. And I think that that's going to be very frustrating. I think one of the things that none of us want to deal with is an angry Ron DeSantis, an a, a even more petulant Ron DeSantis. And I think he's going to be very angry very petulant very vengeful if he gets into 2023 and there isn't a clear path for him to run for president he does not want to be donald trump's vice president there's no way that is enough for him and so uh, i'm fearful of that um that's a very long answer to a great question for a very long podcast um i want to say thank you to our our guest uh representative randy fine our producers Uh, Phil Ammon and Jay Caruso. And Jared, I'll give you the last word on the way out the door.
1: No, listen, uh, it it is absolutely going to be fascinating. I just can't, I can't think of a time in which uh, any party has acted as if the incumbent president was waiting to decide. And that was freezing the field. I mean, Trump is being treated like he's the incumbent president in the Republican party and it's freezing the field. And Whether he runs or he doesn't run, Trump is going to milk that uh, because he understands it. Uh, And it is it is going to split Florida more so than any other state since he's a resident here. Uh, And so it is really going to be fascinating. And and quite frankly, uh, it's what it'll be interesting to see where we are, because, look, it's a long time for Joe Biden. You know, the numbers are the
0: last word that was like, you know, like, see you later, like, you know, fine. Happy New too. Year. To, happy New Year to
1: the <laughs> Jewish listeners. Happy, happy Rosh Hashanah. Hey. Happy, happy New Year to to the seven Jewish listeners we have.
0: And how do you say that, by the way? It's something about may you be encased in, in uh, or what's that? May you be today?
1: enshrined. May you be enshrined in, in, in the book of life.
0: And how do you say that in um, in in Yiddish?
1: Uh, Google Translate can tell you how to
0: say that in Yiddish. (laughs) All right. Thank you. Talk to you next week.